Hi, I'm Matt Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and you're listening to Clerical Errors Podcast. Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast, the podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. So welcome from the Toxin Tasting Studios, uh, welcome to the Clerical Errors Podcast. Uh, I'm going to call this a little bit of fly by the seat of our pants today, because I had a, kind of a busy day. And uh, I'm feeling vulnerable today because I lose a lot of stuff, right? Well, it's, it's, part of my thing is, right, well documented on the Clerical Errors podcast is sometimes I lack a little focus, right? No. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So, so what happens is uh, I, uh, I set things down without thinking about it, and it could be anywhere. I think that's just the human condition, though, man. No, I don't know. <laughs> I I have in two minutes. I've I've uh, lost like a folder of, of notes that I needed, and then I found it like uh, like up on top of a coat rack, where I just like set it there because I was thinking about something. <laughs> wow, I I mean that is impressive. It's I, a thing. I will, it yeah. really. I'm telling you. And so I needed Vickers keys to get in. It's just one of those days, and he didn't know what time we were recording because did you notice how I sent you twice? We're recording at six. Right. Yeah, That's I did notice that. One of one of those was. Meant I for... wondered if you needed clarification or not. <laughs> no. You know, because I, I I did like it or give you a thumbs up right, or something. Right. Right. But... Well, the vicar needed a little clarification. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I still enjoyed my Parmesan crusted chicken. Indeed. Um. Well, I had a clerical error today too. Did you? So, you know, it was my responsibility to bring the beverage today, uh-huh. right? And so, and you so thoughtfully texted me. Um, and uh, rather than going and getting, like, uh, the ones I wanted, the pumpkin spice beer, you know, because it's that time of the year, right? Right. Um, I I went to the store and I bought, you know, three beers, one for you, one for me, and one for Vicar, because I'm a nice guy like that. Yeah. Right? And so... As I was making my way to the talks and tasting studios, you know, I, I, uh, I got past all the security. I crossed the <laughs> moat. I got through the jungle, right? Right. You know, right. to Area Fifty One, uh, right? Uh, by the this, way, big, big ups to our security guy who who checks you in because we don't want random people, you know, walking through the studios while recording. It's the truth. I mean, we are in the inner <laughs> sanctum here, right? This is where this is where the magic happens. And so I get past all that. I get to the door. And then I drop the beverages, and one of them explodes. So, Vicar, we're going to have to share today. So, Oh. But, you know, as they say, sharing is caring. So, hmm. so what did you bring? I brought Shiner Bach, and it is from, I don't even know how to say that. Vicar, how do you say that brewery? Spoitzel. So, I guess uh, located in Shiner, Texas. Nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So we are living the dream tonight. And Peter, you're listening. How you doing, Pete? Tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if they they're kind of banged up a little bit, so you know, <laughs> I'll go first here. So, so uh, if Vicar sounds a little different today, is uh, 
is we actually found a way to get him to use a microphone of his own. And uh, so we're excited about that. I want to say it's the nicest microphone. Well, it's very shiny. Very yeah. golden. I mean, it is It is like the, the, the best, I would say, one of the best $15 microphones you can buy. <laughs> That's true. We are. So despite all of the errors, listeners, like awesome things are happening. Things are moving. What do you think about having your own microphone? Well, just remember, you get what you pay for. So <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's kind of like well, Thanksgiving's coming up, right? Yes, right. <laughs> so it was kind of like like Vickers moved up from the kids' table to the like the to uh, like the teenage table, yep. like not quite at the mm-hmm. adult table to to the uh, the uh, the age of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. This is going to be one. One wonderful episode here, so. It is going to be fantastic. So let, let's try this beer. <laughs> you wanna, why don't you, uh, Vicar, why don't you pour, we can share, we can use my cup. Yeah, since both of us are kind of out of commission today, uh, you should probably pour. Yeah. Yeah, the pastors aren't having a very good day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now Vicar's filled. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, right, um, the train wreck let's, has already begun. Yeah, let, let, let's move to, like, I don't know, something that we're preaching about. Okay. Because maybe, maybe that'll go better. <laughs> Back to the kiddies tables. <laughs> I have to figure out how to pour beer with one hand. While holding your microphone? Right. Here, let me let me be a servant leader and hold your microphone. Wow. Wow, that is good servant leadership skills. That is you know, I'm going to we can work together. Yeah. I'm going to make a note to send as your circuit visitor Berg. I'm going to make a note to, to to make a comment to our district president and and reminding him that what a servant leader you are, that you show solid servant leadership skills. So that can be noted in your paperwork. I'm touched. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vicar. You're welcome. Mm, it smells light. So if you guys like uh, Vicar sounding bad on his cheap microphone, then uh, don't uh, help us get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's kind of, he's like, I think he's has mixed feelings about this because he likes to have his own mic- microphone, but he really wants to sound good. You're on to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it'll come with time, Vicar. It'll come with time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think you sound okay, but but at least you got your own microphone. Because I I didn't I I felt bad for Berg <laughs> having to share his. Hey, you know that's the way we roll. This is good stuff. So so I thought we could talk a little bit about uh, we can make this our Thanksgiving a little bit of episode. How does that sound? Sounds great. So. Uh, I know you're preaching. Are you preaching on the uh, uh, Pastor Berg on the ten lepers? I am not. I uh, I picked a text. I went to the oh, what is it called? There's this book uh, of biblical texts uh, by uh, Noiser, I think his name is, and he's got like noise. Yeah, exactly. He's got like all of the uh, the old um, lectionaries and stuff. And so I'm doing a day for special Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm doing like Matthew five. And, um, no, it's Matthew six, uh, about, you know, when, you know, don't be anxious about anything. 
Oh, um, yeah. And uh, especially uh, from Amos, Amos chapter 4, about the famine, not of bread, but of the word. Because, you know, we're in an area where harvest didn't go so well this year. Yeah, and it's still going on. And it's still going on, and it's been tough. And I think it's it's good to remind ourselves that uh, what we can always be thankful for is maybe not always the the things that we should be thankful for. You know, we've got all of these material goods, and that is a great blessing from God. Um, but we can always give thanks that we have his word, the bread of life, mm-hmm. that bread that makes us uh, immortal, mm-hmm. that bread that forgives our sins. And um, we should thank God that there's not a famine of that, mm-hmm. even when harvests might not be as plentiful or even fail, you know? Right. So... I, I, whenever I, in my mind, I, I pair that text where, where Jesus talks about, do not be anxious, look at the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. And, uh, and then he, he says one thing, aren't, aren't you of more value than they? Right. And then another thing he says is, uh, is he says, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right. And, uh, I think to me, I relate that very much with, uh, the account of Mary and Martha, where Martha is anxious and upset about many things, and uh, Mary has the one thing needed. You know, I heard a podcast about um, another podcast. I do listen to others, so um, about uh, and it was a it was an LCMS one, and this guy was talking, asking why he got depressed during the holidays. And I think sometimes, like Martha, we want everybody to have a good time, and so we stress ourselves mm-hmm. out, and we get busy in the kitchen, and and, you know, sometimes I think it's better to take a step back and actually think about, okay, well, why are we actually gathering together? Isn't it to be thankful that God has given us both spiritual and temporal gifts? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so if you're feeling stressed out, um, I think the the account of Mary and Martha would be a good one to read before stuff starts to get really busy for Thanksgiving. Right. You know? So, right. And, and uh, Vicar, you're preaching, right? Yeah, right. I'm preaching on Luke chapter 12, uh, the uh, the rich fool. Nice. A parable of the rich fool. So Jesus uh, tells his disciples to beware of all covetousness. And then he goes into a parable. But um, I'm kind of bringing this out in the sermon. When we talk about coveting, normally we think about coveting someone else's possessions, someone else's, like the... Like the ninth and tenth commandment, um, right? You know, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house or your neighbor's, you know, uh, husband or wife, manservant, maidservant, ox or donkey. But what Jesus does in the parable is he tells a parable about a rich man whose own field—it's not someone else's field; it's his own field that produces abundantly in this harvest. And the man is uh, consumed in himself so much that he wants to tear down his barns because he doesn't have enough space to store his crop right. that's come in. And so uh, I talk about how um, coveting comes from uh, greed in the heart, but it manifests itself in different ways. And uh, I think it's striking the way that Jesus tells the parable about the man. And to parallel what you talk about being lonely and depressed during the holidays— uh, this man doesn't have a community. He only talks to himself, and uh, I think he's he's very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and one thing, too, that maybe our listeners know or don't know, 
that covetousness is a species or a subtype of idolatry. That is what the Apostle Paul says, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right. And that, you're right, it's not just other people's stuff, it can even be our own stuff. Right. And that's what the preacher says in Ecclesiastes, right? That here we work and we strive and we try to get all this stuff in this world and then we die. Right. And somebody else takes it. Which is the end of the parable. Uh, God demands of this man his soul, meaning he's going to die that night. And God asks him, you know, with all of this that you have stressed over and prepared for who's who's going to receive it right and um and uh you know i i talk a lot about uh the harvest of the word of god the preaching that we have that god makes us rich uh in christ and christ himself became poor for us so that we would be rich in him Mm -hmm. so the apostle says all things are yours right which is amazing right right because it doesn't seem that way no but all things are ours in christ and that is a a very comforting thing, something something to be very thankful for. We need nothing else. We have everything we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I've noticed now that Vicar has his own microphones, you two just <laughs> you can actually talk to I each can't, other. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. I'm like sitting back. Wow, Vicar's got his microphone. I'm gonna uh-huh. I'm gonna enjoy so, my Shiner Bach. It's a three being lazy here. Three way conversation now. So. Actually, it's, four way. Peter. I mean, yes. True. Can't forget Peter. So. So you, yeah, you all sound very thankful in your. <laughs> yeah. Christmas came early. Yeah. For that Happy Thanksgiving. You all covet. <laughs> well, We're all idolaters. Well, I mean, it's, I'm kidding, but it, you know, I mean, it's something to watch out for because the thing is, is like what nowadays it's not even they don't even just wait till Black Friday to go and buy more stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, and and, it, and when I think of thanks, Thanksgiving, you know, I, I always think of the little Carl. OK, mm-hmm. when uh, <laughs> my parents or somebody or my teachers would say, OK, Carl, you need to be more thankful. And so uh, this is great for a podcast, but I'd always I always thought that being thankful meant I made this face. Listener, if you could only see this face. Because I didn't know how to make my I, I'm not there right now, but I I can I know what expression he's doing. <laughs> I can see it in my mind's eye. He's doing a very pious expression, but he also looks like he just smelled something really bad. Yep. That that is true. His his uh, brow is furrowed. His uh, the 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 sides of his mouth are kind of pointing down. Yeah, he looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah well and you know and that's the thing because i mean this year it's it is it's hard right a lot of a lot of people are going to have to work thanksgiving because they don't have the crop in right and to actually find out okay what am i thankful about right you know? and, and and to be thankful my point was mm-hmm. is to remember where all these things the good things came from right it's not necessarily having that overwhelming emotion but remembering where they came from and even being thankful in times where God doesn't give you what he gave you in the past, mm-hmm. you know, because that's happened too. I just just reminded someone who, who lost a loved one. I said uh, they were very sad. And I said, you know, you're sad because God gave you this wonderful gift for so many years. The, the, the fact that you lost and you're feeling lost means that, wow, what a precious gift God gave you. And uh, 
And so that's a reason to be thankful, even in the time of loss. So, Well, and listeners, you know, maybe you have this Thanksgiving tradition of going around the table and, um, you know, everybody says, you know, by the way, what that, they... that is a tradition that will continue shortly. About, oh, okay. <laughs> Why are we doing that? <laughs> are we... See, look at you. I'm trying to get Berg to feel something in his heart. <laughs> oh, I feel tons in the place where my heart should be. But, you know, uh, and we go around and we say what we're thankful for and that. And, you know, I, that's a good practice. I just think that a lot of times the things that we're thankful for are all fourth petition things. Give us this day our daily bread. And I think sometimes we take for granted um, that, you know, we actually have churches. You know, we can actually meet together um, and support the preaching of the gospel. We don't have to hide we don't have to be in, in boats in the middle of the lake or in sheds or um, fleeing from the authorities. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is. It's a, you know, we are we are blessed beyond measure, and we have been for hundreds of years um, that we can actually receive the gospel. And like you and I, we're not being killed. Yeah. You know? I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we can, and we, we actually get to make our living doing this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we know guys who have been involved with the Siberian mission, right, where their pastors are paid in potatoes. And, yeah. they've, and they've got to have uh, other jobs in order to support themselves. Cab and, drivers and that kind of thing. Right. And, I mean, it is it is such a blessing that we, you know, we're, we are not actually constrained. The Word of God is free. Mm-hmm. And it's always free, right? Um, but we can be public about it. We can meet together. We've got things like um, t- talks and tastings. We've got this podcast. Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. It really is. Well, and so well, that 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 I think that is a nice segue to our top twelve list. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's top twelve. So I thought, you know, you know, we don't have necessarily the turkey dinner before us today. But we have, you know, we're sharing a can of spilled Shinerbach, and yep. No, <laughs> I thought, no crying over shine, over spilled Shinerbach. <laughs> and so I figured, you know, you know, we invite people around the toxin tastings table here, right? So I thought what we could do is top twelve things that the Clerical Heirs podcast is thankful for. How does mm-hmm. that sound? Sounds awesome. And Peter, would you like to be involved? Sure. What do you want me to do? Well, we each have to come up with three. That'll make twelve. Right. So, so as a as a servant leader, I will go first. Nice. And then we will go. Uh, um, I guess we'll go for me to. Do you want to go clockwise or counterclockwise? Yep. We'll go to me to Peter to Vicar to Berg. All right. I want to go last. I want to claim number one because I have a really good answer. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I want to go last. <laughs> You want to go last? Okay, so we'll go, we'll go, uh, we'll go. You, Vicar, then me, then Peter? Sure. Okay. All right. So, I will go first. Number 12. I am thankful for the Clerical Heirs listener. There's only one? Listeners. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's a lot of downloads for one, right. for one person. Yeah, that person has downloaded over <laughs> 6,000. And they travel a lot. Right, except they don't go to o- Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> so I am thankful for the Clerical Heirs listeners. 
All right. Vicar, you're next. Number 11. I'm thankful for uh, the two pastors on clerical errors that uh, bring theology in a light and yet, uh, you know, deep way. So humorous and yet absolutely true. And uh, I appreciate that, and I'm thankful for that. So Flattery does get you somewhere. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> Number 10. I am thankful for... Um, all my brother pastors uh, in the district. I just got back from Guttenberg, and I hung out with another pastor, and we read some of his stuff, and it's it's just great being able to have all of these wonderful theological conversations together. Oh, yeah. Just, just to be able to, uh, you know, drink a beer, uh, you know, smoke a pipe, and just relax, have a good time, and the like, so. And it's fun. That's that was kind of the heart of the show. It's why we right. wanted to do it. Is you know is uh, is the fact that I think it's fun to talk about theology, and uh, I want to get that across because because uh, people don't under, always understand that they just think it's always so serious and it's it's not enjoyable. But I think I think it is. So yeah, number nine. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Google for hosting all of our communications. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, coincidentally, you can email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at clericalerrorsp, P for podcast. At me, bro. And we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. All right. See that cross promotion out there? It, it was smooth. Number eight. I am thankful for the members of my congregation. I, I'm thankful that uh, that they genuinely love me and care for me and look past whatever faults I might have and shortcomings and uh, faithful in hearing God's word. And, and uh, you know, every voters meeting, I, I make a point of saying I just I'm thankful uh, for and I, I love and enjoy being your pastor. And I, I mean that every time, too. And and I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the people who who work and serve in the congregation to allow me to focus on what I need to do, and uh, and so so that's what I'm thankful for. Number seven. I'm thankful for all of the individuals who have uh, helped me along the way of forming me into uh, one who's pursuing the office of the ministry. Um, my my father, who's a pastor, um, but also my my pastor during college. Uh, my fieldwork supervisor, especially, and all my professors, and uh, Pastor Bolhagen, Pastor Berg, especially Pastor Bolhagen, but also <laughs> Pastor Berg, and here in Iowa, learning uh, through the year, and uh, I've learned a lot. It's, it's 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 that up to this point, it's almost shocking when you're three yeah. or four months in, and you think of all the experience you've already had in a short amount of time. It's kind of mind blowing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I've been recording the visits I make uh, in the home or in the hospital. And I'm starting to have to turn pages, and uh, what what a blessing, what a privilege to share God's word with these people, uh, in all of their circumstances in life. But um, it is a great opportunity to learn as a vicar. So, yeah, that's it. Number six. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna give thanks for Peter, because <laughs> he makes us sound so much smarter and better than we actually are. Right. And I mean, the dude spends hours like cutting all of our 
Yeah. Like, if you guys think this is bad, I mean, it's it was the original cut is a lot worse. So, <laughs> and especially if you think if if you if the listener could just hear the conversations I have with Peter like today, trying to figure <laughs> out the technology, and he says, "See that black box? Oh, that's record. Don't do that. Stop." And yeah, it's it's quite funny. So yes, Peter, I am very thankful that uh, you help us out because I don't. I don't know what this podcast would look like without you. So, and, and if I and if I could just add a, a little bit to that, and and I am also thankful for my three other children. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. I'm thankful for the guitar riff at the end of all of Bullhagen's special audio files. Yes, absolutely. I like the really like slow one that was really like romantic at the end of his ode to his wife that one was pretty amazing all right that that's to me then isn't it it is oh so i i have to this is number four and i have to put this all in one category because i only got one left right 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 number four so so i, I will be thankful for uh my family and I'll include all of you in that too, right? Your families as well. Uh, my wife. Um, and and you don't understand how incredibly patient um, I have to be. No. <laughs> um. You're right, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it, but you you flowered. It, you, this is a Bullhagen moment brought to you by Shinerbach. Obviously, my wife is very patient, and that's what makes it funny is to to say that I'm the patient one, you know. But uh, and so I'm thinking of my wife, my children, uh, my parents, my siblings. Um, I think uh, uh, my parents might be the most dedicated listeners and watchers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, indeed. Number three. I'm thankful for uh, gold-covered microphones that make me sound better than I ever could sound. <laughs> Number two. I'm thankful for the internet, whether it be for Amazon, getting uh, two-day shipping for books, and uh, internet books. And the reason why I say this is, is that, you know, when I was growing up, you know, we had the public library and whenever they didn't have a book, like you had to interlibrary loan it and you didn't get it for that long and it took forever. And now I just have access to so much stuff, mm-hmm. right? The The world is really at my fingertips in rural Iowa, which is awesome. You know, yeah. I can I can go and look at texts that 50 years ago you would have had to travel to Germany to get. And it's it's amazing that we can continue to learn and uh, be better pastors mm-hmm. um, through the, you know, and not only that, but even like this podcast, right? Right. We, can, I mean, we, reach, we, we have listeners, people have listened in almost 90, all, all 50 states. And and several different countries. So we finally got one from Oklahoma. It, yeah, we got one or two. Nice. I mean, not like not like I want it, but but it's a it's, it's a, a sore spot now, and it's not very expensive for us to do. 
Right. I mean, this is definitely a shoestring operation where the shoestring has been tied together a couple times. <laughs> and yet, you know, by the grace of God, we're able to do what we do. And, you know, and you guys listen to it. So. All right. Okay. Peter wanted number one. So we are all very curious. Peter. All right. You guys have touched on it a little bit, but number one. And number one. I'm thankful for all of the United States except for Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma, we're not going to let you live it down. Okay. Well, you got to pump those numbers up, Oklahoma. Those are rookie numbers. Rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have higher standards for you, Oklahoma. We believe in you. And uh, we're still waiting on the clerical heirs army to, to reach out to Oklahoma. But, <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering then now, is there anything we miss? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was hoping, I was thinking that was going to be number one, but you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, right? Yeah, I, we kind of talked about it in the opening, right? <laughs> Oofda. Number zero. <laughs> We're thankful for the life and salvation that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Pastor Berg, you're next. All right. Berg's bodacious blasphemies. Hey, Vicar, say it with your new microphone, or your old microphone, your only microphone. Berg's bodacious blasphemies. Peter, play the intro. Berg's bodacious blasphemies is the part of the show where Berg seeks to sell you ancient damn delusions by repackaging them for modern consumption. In short... Berg makes bad stuff sound bodacious. All right, so I, I picked this up from your confirmation uh, from your confirmation deal, um, your top 12 from the last episode. Okay. And so my bodacious blasphemy, I've got a series going here, and it's called the Silver Bullet Blasphemy Series. And Ooh. Peter, if we can get uh, like a Lone Ranger, oh, you know, yeah. like the, you know, where he's shooting the bullets, you know, the, the silver bullets, that'd be awesome. So... Just, you know. Yeah, we just, I like how we just say, all right, Peter found this. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically, I, it's the silver bullet blasphemies, and they're all going to be basically variations of, if we do X, then everything is going to be okay. Right? Mm -hmm. It's almost as if we, you know, if we do this, then God is going to be pleased with us and give us the results that we want. Okay? Mm-hmm. And... That is definitely a blasphemy because it's almost as if God, we treat God almost like a divine candy machine. If we just put in enough nickels and, you know, and coins, that, you know, then we can get the candy bar we want, right? Mm -hmm. So this blasphemy, this silver bullet blasphemy uh, is actually the word program. Okay. Okay. That was uh, based on number 12 of my top 12 list. Right. And so uh, programs, especially in the church, come from the American father of the second awakening period, his name was Charles Finney. And Charles Finney, uh, uh, he brought up this whole thing about new measures, right? And he said something like this. It has always been found impossible to arouse people 
so as to bring about a reformation of the evils and produce a revival of religion by, simple, by simply pursuing that established form. Perhaps it is not too much to say that it is impossible for God himself to bring about reformation, but by new measures, right? So old, pro, old pro, programs don't work. That's why we need new ones. New, new ones, right? And see, Charles Finney didn't really believe that religion was something that was supernatural. He thought it was found in man right away. And so he says, There is nothing in religion beyond the ordinary powers of nature. It consists entirely in the right exercise of the powers of nature. It is just that and nothing else. When mankind becomes true, truly religious, they are not enabled to put forth exer exertions which they were unable to put forth before. They only exert powers which they had before in a different way and use them for the glory of God. So, Charles Finney didn't believe in original sin. Therefore, the stuff that's in us is always there, and it doesn't really change. Mm -hmm. And so, if revival is not a miracle, right? If Reformation is not a work of the Holy Spirit, if it's something that's in us naturally, mm -hmm. then that means that we can manipulate it, that we can coax it out. And if we just have the right program to do that... If we can just find the gospel that works, right, that mm -hmm. puts butts in the seats and more money in the coffers and um, makes people feel good, right, mm -hmm. then the church is going to be great again, right? And so, and pastors fall into this, right? The church falls into this, mm -hmm. right, that we're looking for something that works. Uh, the church growth movement did this, right? The uh, contemporary worship movement does this. Business models for the church do this. Um, now that you're not saying though that uh, that uh, that we don't keep trying, right? No, I'm we, not saying you're that not at saying, all. Yeah, you're saying I'm saying that if we think that if we just find the right key, right? If we can just speak to people in the right way, using the right formulas, doing the right things then we can get them to convert. Right. And that is not true, right? There, yeah, there isn't like a magic, a silver bullet. Right. And that's the whole point is that sometimes people ran into things like in the old days, uh, the Kennedy method, where you would go to door to door and you would have a script. Yeah, if you, you were ask, to die tonight. Yeah, if you were to die tonight, where would you go, right? And then depending on what their answers were, you quick, you know, went to page 145 in the blue packet and, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And or or we think that oh well kids will stay in church if they just join the youth group. By the way, I just is it an, uh, an attention deficit moment for me? Can you kind of say this real quick, please? You just gave me a great idea. Okay, the the Kennedy, Kennedy method uh, computer program where you just have a website and like someone goes to it and then. If you you have like pop on the screen, if you were to die tonight, instead of going to the page, it would, the next response would flash on the screen, and so whatever they answer, A, B, C, or D, <laughs> right? Well, and not only would that be a program, but that would be a computer program, right? It'd be a that, program running a program program-ception. <laughs> it would be it would be uh, an all-inclusive thing, right? This is the kind of discussion that Vicar is thankful for, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, and this is the thing. What's, well, what's wrong with that, first and foremost? Well, first of all, it you're right. 
I mean, the most e- efficient way of doing that would actually to be to have a computer do it, right? Because they already know all the scripted answers. Mm-hmm. It's not real. It's not Christians talking to Christians and desiring their salvation. And, and, I, and it also denies the fact that we, our Lord Jesus did, in a sense, give us things that works according to his plan. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at the night before he died, what did he give us? He gave us the Lord's Supper. Right. Uh, after he rose from the dead, what did he give? What did he? What did he say? He said, "Breathe on his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven." Or you, you could talk about the the Bible study he gave them, the 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 apostles, the disciples after he rose, where he opened their minds to understand scriptures and how the he had to suffer, die, and rise from the dead, and on the third on the third day, and that forgiveness and repentance be preached to the ends of the earth. And then he also said. And make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the and, programs... And teaching them. Teaching them to keep all that I have commanded you, though I am with all you always to the very end of the age. But the program can tend to take away from that. A right. program says we can't trust those things to do what Jesus says they will do. Rather than trust baptism, trust a program. Right. Rather than trust the proclamation of the gospel or the, the absolution of the forgiveness of sins. Um, you trust a program. Right, and people get into this, too, when they say things, and I, they don't even realize that they're saying it, when they're like, well, if we just update the music, if we make it more catchy, right, if we put a coffee bar into the church, well, then the young people will come, and they'll stay. And that's just another way of trying to manipulate them, of mm-hmm. trying to coax the old Adam into staying. And the gospel doesn't do that. The gospel does something even better. The gospel puts to death the old Adam, and he raises a new man, a man who loves God and wants to hear his word to life. And I think, Peter, as you're listening, that whole discussion makes me think of you. Because uh, that's one thing I've noticed, you know, because you do, you've gone to different churches when you're not at home. And... uh, one thing that really annoys you is 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 when it's a a sales job and it seems artificial for you. You know what I'm talking. Yeah, about? it can be really taxing on me. Um, when I first moved to where I am now, I was looking for a a good Lutheran church, and uh, the first one I went to, um, they ended up coming to my door, my dorm room, at 8 a.m. on a Saturday, where they shouldn't be able to get to, or allowed to get to. Knock on my door or woke me up at 8 a.m. So that kind of ruled that church out. <laughs> yeah. And then another church I went to had a person preaching. I don't think he was even a pastor. And he went on for an hour and a half on how to get other people to go to church. There is no real sermon there. Ugh. And, and, uh, and I think when I think of uh, reaching reaching younger folks as our producer, right, and mm-hmm. people his age, they can see a sales job a mile away. Well, and I hate it. Like, I do. I hate this. This is the worst. Real talk. And the reason for that is is I was actually told by it. It was funny because he was an old man who had retired already, an older pastor. And he told me, LCMS guy who had retired, he told me there are too many gray hairs and bald heads in the pews. We need to go for the younger people. And, I mean, holy buckets. I mean, if, if, that, if that doesn't 
just make you squirm. I don't know what will. I mean, talk about hating these these veterans in the faith. Right. The, these people who have endured their entire lives, and now just because they're old, that they're not going to live maybe another 20 to 40 years. We hate them, and we're, we, we, we think they're irrelevant. It's not even hate. It's just apathy. It's like, well, younger people are going to be around. Now, we... Shouldn't we love everybody? Right. That's kind of what the Bible says. <laughs> right. I mean, I, honestly, like like this kind of nonsense really bothers me. Um, and it's the same way with, uh, you know, with the younger ones, where they take them out for children's church so that way their uh, their their uh, uh, their parents can listen to the sermon. That's like, well, where else should kids be but in church, learning how to hear God's word, and learning the liturgy and the like, you know. Um, what better thing can a parent do but show the kids this is for you? This is your church. This is not something different. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just this sort of artificial thing of ageism, or uh, based on gender, right? You know, you've you you know you can even see it like in things like men's groups or women's groups or whatever too. Right. Or you, you say, well, we have to go after this group or that group. Right. And just all the talk about the millennials, it's like, how about you just ignore them and then they'll probably come to church? <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Like, we do. We care about people. We want people to be saved. Um, but when, why are you doing it? Right? Is mm-hmm. it because you actually care about the salvation of their soul? That every single soul has been washed in the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus and is of infinite value and is worth more than this entire world? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he took blind people and blind uh, or deaf mutes. You know, he took individuals away from the crowds and dealt with them one on one. And I just, why not? If every Christian just did that and found one person and talked with them and loved them and desired their salvation and even if you're terrible at talking to them um mo- come on it's, and, 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 you know and and going going back i recover my thought is what happens then is if you say you know we're gonna we need fewer of the gray hairs or whatever how he described it right yeah then what happens is you become almost a pandering congregation a pandering message to the young people where you mustn't do anything to offend them or upset them and it can really affect your message when it becomes well we don't want to do anything that might turn them off or offend them and then what happens is your your message gets gets muted right would you would you say would you agree with that vicar yeah definitely and i have the same sentiments toward when i hear oh you have a dying church when, ah. when when they're referring to the the average age of the people in the pews, and uh, and you know you you basically blast it against that, and uh, and I totally am on with you I mean, at every point. That is such a wicked thing. Yeah, it is such. The only time that Jesus talks about a dying church is when they're lukewarm. Right, Spit that's the only mouth. time. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. I mean, we love everybody. We do. And the one-on-one conversations, and that's the thing, guys. Uh, if you have friends, talk with them. And yeah, sometimes it's going to be awkward when you first start doing it. But keep talking to them. And believe that God can still work through your words, right? Moses was a stutterer. Jeremiah complains that he's too young. He doesn't know how to say these things. And yet, God still uses them. 
right? Mm-hmm. He's his by the power of the Holy Spirit, he works through stumbling words and maybe not even that that, that clear of statements, right? And but be confident and talk to them about it because you love them. You don't need a script. I mean that that in and of itself, it's like these people are your friends. Talking to them about the faith should it be as natural as breathing or talking about NASCAR or football or whatever. And if it's not... And, and you don't need a program to do that. Right. You don't need a program to do that. So, and sometimes sorry, I know. I know it's it's probably not, yeah. And sometimes so. it's a matter of, of uh, even if you don't have the right words. You know, I, I tell tell people all the time, if you invite a friend to, to church on Sunday morning, I will make sure they will hear the gospel in some way that they will understand. They won't may not understand everything that goes on. They won't. Right. But there will be some part of the gospel that they will understand. And I make sure that there are clear points in the sermon. There's clear points within the liturgy where you're praying to God for mercy. You're, you're saying the creed. This is who God is. The you're hymns, praying the Lord's Prayer. Right. In the, some way with throughout the service, there is going to be a clear presentation of of the gospel in a way that they will understand and also in a way that doesn't just appeal to our emotionalism either right that isn't based in human emotions now the gospel will transform your emotions mm-hmm. it will i i i guarantee it um but we're not here to manipulate you that's the thing and the other thing is is that you know christians you might not have all the right answers you might not know uh, how to answer some of their questions. And then just take the example of Andrew, right? When Peter asks him about Jesus, uh, he says, well, come and see. Yeah. Right? I mean, it can be as simple as that. So. And uh, and it starts with the people living under your roof. Yes. And concentric circles, right? Under your roof, your next door neighbors, the people you work with. Now that right? that sounds very program-esque to me. <laughs> well... It's, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, ju- I just had a, all of a sudden a quick vision of like a chart and a PowerPoint presentation with concentric circles. Huh. Well, <laughs> what I what I was what I was thinking about is where you throw the pebble in the lake. Yeah, and it goes out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and because your responsibility is to your closest neighbors, right? The people whom God has put in your path. All right. Well, good discussion, uh, Vicar. If people want to add to that dis- discussion, where can they get a hold of us? Well, they can email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. They can find us on the World Wide Web. Just type in that Google search bar, Clerical Airs, and we'll pop up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, Do you might- know, on, our, on uh, our Google, we have one of those Googles, what do you call them, Peter? That Google speaker? Uh, Google Home. Yeah. Uh, on ours at home, I don't know if everyone does that, but you can say, uh, play Clerical Airs podcast, and it'll play. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so I think that would brings us naturally then to uh, Confound the Clerics. Peter, play the intro. Confound the Clerics. So, Peter, uh, we have any correspondence? All right, so we got an email from Jeffrey. He says, good evening. I haven't shared any beverages lately, but I'm traveling for work the last couple weeks to northeast Iowa and happen to be staying in Decorah the home of Toppling Goliath Brewing. After getting in the last episode of Clerical Airs podcast on my drive earlier this week, I was able to enjoy a few beverages at Toppling Goliath. They have several bourbon barrel-aged stouts on tap. 
You're and he sent us a picture of it too. Oh boy, if I had tear ducts, I would cry. See, I'm gonna change one of my one of my top twelve. I mean, bourbon barrel stouts <laughs> have definitely got to be on there. You are our kind of listener. <laughs> So thank you for letting us know. That's exactly what we want. And then we have a question, don't we? Yeah, we got a question from Jim. Uh, he says, I'd like to hear you talk about Lutherans crossing themselves. It's not just a Catholic thing. Okay. I, I actually did that earlier today. I made my, myself so upset when I couldn't find my keys. I, I crossed myself. That stupid bird. You can say yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's. <laughs> so the the question is, Lutherans making the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of you might never have heard about this before, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe you grew up in churches that talked about it as being too Roman Catholic, for example. The interesting thing is, is that crossing yourself is actually found in Luther's small catechism, right? Right. That uh, when you get up in the morning, you are to cross yourself and say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then you say your morning prayers. Mm-hmm. And then you go to work with a, with a joyous heart. Same thing uh, when you sit down for meals, right? Same mm-hmm. thing when you go to bed at night. Why is this? Like, why, why did Luther think it was important enough to include that in sort of the, the daily piety of the people, right? Yeah, I, I would say one reason is, is... Uh... It's a one we would say it's a remembrance of your baptism, right? Right. And what happens in baptism? Uh, you are joined with Christ, and and God gives you His name, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and and He brings to you life and salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And so it's a reminder of all those things that you receive. And and I do think that part of it, the physical movement, right? Because we are body and soul, right? Right. Just like in the same way you sing, mm-hmm. you know, we don't just monotone say th- saying things, but but the the singing, the notes help you remember and help uh, in our own minds communicate the message. And I do think that the sign of the cross is a way of remembrance. Right. And this especially comes up in Luther's large catechism, which if you go to uh, org you can read the large catechism for yourself. And under uh, the second commandment in the large catechism, it says that we are to teach children when they come across something scary to cross themselves and say, Lord God, save us, right? Same thing when something good happens to them. They should cross themselves and say, God be praised. And in this way, we keep the second commandment that we uh, physically uh, show Right, our and and remember it, and remember uh, and remember Christ, our Savior, who mm-hmm. has given these things to us. Uh, it reminds us that He does hear our prayers, mm-hmm. um, and it remember and and it also reminds us that He has given us all good things, which also fits in with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So I would say this: <laughs> that the the fear of appearing to look like a Roman Catholic is. Um, is is something that people are less worried about today than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. And then that's really not a, a good reason why. Right. Because that's the thing is that no I mean no one's I've heard very rarely would I do I hear a Lutheran uh in in most circles. I do I would in 
amongst pastors, but in some circles say, well, I don't want to sound too Methodist. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's the thing is that, and I think that's the distinction. I don't want to sound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a difference between the outward things, right? Like folding your hands, closing your eyes. No one ever says, well, that's just too American Christian, right? I should stand with, uh, with my arms up and pray like Daniel did towards the east, towards J- Jerusalem, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody says that, right? And when we get so caught up in these sort of outward things, right, we miss the real point. What's a real disagreement with the Roman Catholic Church? That they don't teach justification by faith alone, right? Mm-hmm. Right? That, uh, that you're going to go to purgatory if you don't, you know, uh, do enough satisfaction to get all that venial sin off your soul. I mean, what we disagree with is the teaching. Right. And that's the main thing. That's the heart of it all. All this other stuff, you know, we go to the um we we go to the nursing home and we give the Lord's Supper to our to our parishioners and we don't have chasubles and we don't have candles and you know, it's really usually pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Still the Lord's Supper, we mm-hmm. still preach the same sermon, mm-hmm. right? Um Nevertheless, those things beautify our service and the like. It, it, it kind of reminds me of, of the parable of the, I know this is probably a misapplication of it, but I'm going to say it anyways, the, the parable of the Pharisee in the publican where he says, well, I'm thankful I at least don't look or am like that right. other. You know, at least we don't, at our church, we don't sound too Roman Catholic or we right. don't. Yeah, thank God I'm not like those those Lutherans. Right. right. Um, the other the other thing, but, you know, you're on the right track because Jesus tells us not to pray in, on the street corners where everyone can see us. Mm-hmm. Right. Why? They did it because they wanted to be seen and be congratulated for their piety. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem. The intention. Right. The attitude of the heart. That's what we need to get to. Right. Um, and especially if you're. You know, if you're teaching a child this, do you think a child is worried about looking or sounding too Roman Catholic? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> and, and yeah, once again, we're body and soul. These things are good, right? Um, they are. They they can be very, very good and beneficial for us. So, so I don't know, listeners, try it out. Yeah. Right. If you if you go to a a Lutheran. Uh, congregation, a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation, and you have the Lutheran service book in the uh, divine service settings, it indicates places that where it would be appropriate to cross oneself with a little uh, red cross, actually. Mm-hmm. And and one one place that, that I cross myself in in the service is at the end of the creed, when we confess the resurrection of the body, and it's the the body that I have now that will be raised. It's the body that was baptized mm-hmm. when I was two weeks old at Zion Lutheran Church in Anawa, Wisconsin. That's that body, although small as it was then, is the body I carry now, and it's the body that will be raised on the last day. So, uh, if you're in a a congregation that has a Lutheran service book, you can look for that little red cross throughout the service. Very good. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I think Lutheran worship did that too. Yes, it did. All right. So no, you're not putting a curse on yourself if you cross yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it's actually a godly thing. Yeah. Oh, and Jim, you asked two questions. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to the next one uh, oh. next week. Okay. Can't wait. 
Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our show. Thank you for bearing with me. That is probably not myself tonight. That's okay. There, there were a lot of clerical errors, but that's why we call the show Clerical, clerical errors, errors, right? That's right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And since Vicar has his own microphone, sign us off, Vicar. Thank you for... Oh. May your trickies be moist. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time. Hey, it's Peter. I'm working on a Christmas gift for the guys. If you'd like to help me out with that, go ahead and email me at christmas at clericalheirs.org. Thanks.